want to have a new beginning. And as a church, you know, January 13th, that's in the middle of the week, but January 13th will be our four-year anniversary since we actually launched as a a church. And so we're we're coming into this season of of four years and what's the Lord doing? And he's doing a new thing and sending new people. He's doing all these wonderful things among us. And I feel my heart that that accompanied with that, that the Lord wants to do something new, but I also feel like the Lord wants to bring some realignment to some things too. And, and that will all come out here in a second. I really don't know how to start this morning, if you will. But, but we have this, we're entering into this time, and because, because it's the beginning of the year, I felt like the Lord was calling us as a church to enter into a time of prayer and fasting, intentional, intentionally seeking the Lord. And so we wanted to coincide that with the four-year anniversary. And so January 10th through January 31st, we're asking the church to fast. Now, I'll get into some scripture in here in a second. I'm going to read this next part verbatim. This will be a consecrated time set aside to seek God as a corporate body. We're asking everyone to fast food in some way, shape, or form, okay? I know some are doing water fasts only. Some are doing Daniel fasts, where it's only basically fruits and vegetables. Some will give up a meal or two. Some may only eat when it's dark, okay? They may not eat during the daylight hour. Whatever it is, I'm personally asking you to do some sort of food. And now, also be smart, those that have dietary restrictions and things like that. Do what you need to do with that, okay? Don't do something stupid. But also, I'm asking you to think through um, when, when we, we do this, now, it's not just a fast. This is an intentional time of seeking God. Now, oftentimes when we do this, people say, well, what are we, what are we supposed to be doing? How are, like, what are we, what are we praying for? Like, and, and, and I can say, like, nothing other than the Lord draws closer to him. Okay? Like, there isn't some financial breakthrough there isn't some big whatever like we just need to grow closer to the lord okay and 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 i'll break this down here in a minute because i think what's going to happen is we draw close to god he begins to rearrange our hearts which prepares us to enter into this new season that we are entering into okay and in times of intentional seeking the lord does all kinds of things like the Lord brings correction. Like we, we, we don't necessarily like that, but the Lord brings correction. He brings, he brings affirmation. He brings confirmation. Sometimes he brings new callings, right? I mean, sometimes he speaks. Like sometimes he opens up doors. Don't really know unless you actually go into an intense season of seeking the Lord. All right? And we'll begin that next week, but I, I wanted to kind of preface that. Like I think it's really, really important. And so the verse that we'll be focusing on is this, is, is Song of Songs 8.5, which says this, Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Beneath the apple tree I awakened you. There your mother was in labor with you. There she was in labor and gave you birth. Now, I really want to focus on that first part. This is who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? I believe that the, the next month, if you will, some it's an entire month, some it's three weeks, but, but, and some it'll be the 21 days. But, but this time of seeking the Lord, 
This is us intentionally saying, I'm going into the wilderness to draw away with God. And I want us to look at the wilderness, not from a, oh gosh, I'm in a negative wilderness sense, right? The wilderness is all perspective, right? The Israelites had a cruddy perspective and they spent 40 years wandering around. Jesus went out into it for 40 days and came out being ministered to by angels and released into his three-year ministry that he was here on the earth. And I just believe that the Lord, if we can go into this time and say, I want to withdraw myself from all the surroundings, if you will, and go into intense seeking after God, I believe that he's going to speak to me. I believe that he's going to change my heart. I believe he's going to change my life. I believe he's going to do something incredible in our church, okay? But it starts with us saying, you know what? I'm going to draw away with God. One of my favorite verses is in Song of Songs again, but Song of Songs one says this is this would be the Shulamite bride praying she says draw me after you and let us run together draw me after you and let us run together and so this is a this is a prayer of hunger I, I, I draw me closer to you and then as I'm close to you let's just run and live our life together and I think the Lord in this season what he's been doing is he's been getting his bride to say, you know what? I'm not going to run with man. I'm going to run with God. Right? I'm not going to run after this, that, or the other. I'm, like, like when we got shut down this past year, there wasn't anywhere to run. There was only one place to run to, and that was a prayer closet along with the Lord. And he's calling us into, to, I think, in, intense, intentional seeking after him. And we want revival in our city. We want revival in our nation. We want global revival. It starts with us seeking after God as individuals. Like, I think it's illegal to say, God, win my city if he's not winning me when I'm alone with him. That's right. I'll say it again. It's illegal to ask the Lord to win the city if we're not allowing him to win us in secret. Okay? April actually says he needs to conquer us in secret. That's that's a language she uses all the time. And it's 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 for no other reason. The Lord wants his people for himself. Like he wants he wants a bride that belongs to no other. <laughs> like we've been we've been I mean it's been a crazy year, right? We, we, we came into the first year and we thought 2020 provision, then the pandemic news started coming out, and then, then we go into an election season. Like, it's been nuts this year. And the Lord's like, just come away with me. Just come away with me. Hmm. See, I think when, when, when God speaks, God speaks a little bit. I, like, I know He can, you know, the Morgan Freeman booming boy, like, He can do that. Michael, like he can do that. But oftentimes when God speaks, he speaks just a little bit quieter than the quietest voice in our life. He speaks a little bit quieter than the quietest voice in our life. That's why when Elijah was, was, was running around, he was looking and, and, and he prophesied. He says he didn't come in the thunders. He didn't come in the earthquakes. He came in the whisper. Most of the time we miss the whisper because we're so busy and frantic with day-to-day life and like I'm as guilty as anyone else. I'm just saying we, we miss out on it because he, he does not want to compete with other voices. 
He refuses to compete with other voices. And oftentimes when he waits, he's saying, I'm not going to compete with that. And he waits for his people to get still and quiet enough to hear from him. And then he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'll do it with my stinking dogs. Leonard. I want to talk to my wife. And Leonard, I'll, ah, every time I try to talk, I get home, he just barks, 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 barks. And I wait till he hushes up before I try to talk. I think the Lord, he just wants, listen, he, he's calling, he's calling his people to say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not withdrawing from the world. That's not what I'm talking about. Because we're supposed to be in it, but not of it, right? We're supposed to influence it, not hide from it. Okay, like, like how can we win the world if we just hide in our stained glass buildings? Like you, you can't. But he's calling his people back to him. <clears throat> he says, therefore I will therefore I'll lure her <laughs> and bring her to the wilderness and speak kindly to her. I've taught on that verse. That's Hosea two fourteen. The Lord, he, he, he calls His bride. He says, I'm going to allure, I'm going to entice and bring you out to the wilderness so I can begin to speak words of life over His bride so that the bride, when she exits this wilderness season, so that when she exits it, she's fully aware of who she is in Him. She's fully aware of who she belongs to, right? I don't, I don't belong to anyone, I don't belong to any man. I belong to Him. Him, right? He's my absolute everything. And so this wilderness time, this drawing away time, it's where he proves himself faithful again in our lives. Because listen, when you start to fact like, if you want to be miserable, fast. But in that time, he shows himself faithful. It's in that wilderness time that he restores relationships. Like he starts to bring healing and restoration in relationships through that time of drawing away. And it's not because he changes the other people's hearts, it's because he changes our hearts. It's where he restores peace to restlessness, right? Like I, I, I caught myself the other morning. I was I was trying I was trying to read my Bible before before I left for work, and I caught myself. I I didn't put my little lap desk on my lap. I actually I just put my Bible on my lap. And I had my leg crossed, and I'm like I can't read. I can't read. And and it dawned on me the reason why I couldn't read because my Bible was doing this on my lap because I was sitting there shaking my legs so much. I was antsy. And I'm like, I'm just, I don't know what's going on. And the Lord's like, you don't have peace in your heart right now because you're worried about this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, well, I give that to you. <laughs> See, the Lord, in this time of drawing away, He takes the things that we get nervous and anxious about and He begins to go, hush, be still, peace, be still. And He brings clarity to those situations. But that will not come by way of effort. That comes by way of surrendering when we're alone with Him. And so this, this, this time of wilderness or this time of drawing away, it's a place of renewal as well. It says this, as I say renewal, like I love corporate renewal, but like my, my bread and butter is, is teaching people how to live in personal renewal day in and day out. 
That's what God has called us to do. Like, I love revival meetings, but what if I didn't need a revival meeting? What if I was getting revived every single day when I'm alone with him? Right? And then I come into a special service and I get equipped rather than resuscitated. Right. <laughs> right? Because that is that that is the definition of revival, by the way. It's it's cuckoo, right? Like clear. Like it's it's, it's the resuscitation is what revival is. But what happens when we move beyond revival, we start to move into awakening where it transforms the area around us, but it does not happen unless we go and get alone with him. Amen. All right. So, so I love that sense and that hope verse in Hosea 2 that I, I've taught on part of this before, but therefore, behold, I will allure her to the wilderness. He's talking about his bride. And by the way, I was, again, we make this joke. Hosea had the worst call in the Bible. I am convinced. He was told to marry a, a prostitute and, and have children with her. She keeps running off with other men and the Lord's like, nope, can't divorce her. Keep going after her. Because it was a prophetic declaration of how the Lord is with His church. I mean, it'd be so easy for Him to say, they're messed up. Right. Or let's, let's break it. It'd be really easy for us as individuals, God, to be like, they're broken beyond repair. Right? right? I'm just done with them. No drama for me, right? It'd be really easy for the Lord to say that. He says, no, I'm going to keep going after them. Amen. No, I'm going to keep going after them. Yeah. Like, I, like, you know, July 15, 2007, the Lord kept coming after me and coming after me and coming after me. And it wasn't me finding God. It was, it was the Lord seeking after me to such a degree that I had no choice but to surrender to Him, right? It's that one song we sing, like, He chased me down. His prevenient grace came after me and it finally got me and I finally surrendered. And so He alerted us and that word alert it's i mean it's it's i mean i, I don't know how else to say it it's a, it's a it, it means to seduce it means to prevail it means to entice it's like the lord puts on his best marvin gay and says come on i'm ready for you would you come here i'm chasing after you I'm not trying to be inappropriate i'm just saying it's a, it's him saying i'm good and i'm kind and i want to draw you near i'm attractive i want to draw you near i have everything that you have ever needed i want to draw you near and he takes us out into the wilderness a place of zero distractions so he can talk you into that because yeah. not it's like well what's he do with you when he gets you out there he says i'm going to speak kindly to her yep. what if he's not waiting to thump you right right religion teaches you that god wants to beat the tar out of you But this here teaches you that he wants to love it out of you. Amen. And so what he, what he does, what he does is he says, I'm going to lure her out to the wilderness to speak kindly to her. The word kindly, again, this is review for some, some it's brand new. But the word kindly means to boast or to brag. So, so it'd be like when I was trying to first date April, and I'm like, I'm, I'm hot stuff, right? Like, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm pretty good looking. That's why I tell her stuff like that all the time. We started dating. And really, I was really trying to convince her that that was the truth. But the word, boasting and bragging on myself, I can lift heavy objects over my head. Right? <laughs> I can hit a baseball really far. Like, like that's going to impress her. Lord, what he does when he speaks kindly to you, he says, I'm faithful. Right. And you're like, but I've got this and this and this going on in my life. And the Lord says, I'm faithful. Right. 
but I've been let down by people. I'll never let you down. I've been hurt by the church. It's full of people that's been hurt too. I'm going to make them whole and I'm going to make you whole. I have lack in my heart. That's okay. I'll fill that lack. I feel lonely. That's great. I put the lonely in families. I'm broken hearted. Great. I'm close to the broken hearted. See, the word boast, that means, I mean, the word kindly means that he brags about himself to such a degree that it actually convinces the bride of the things that he's saying is actually true. What if the Lord in this season, I say what if, like, I believe the Lord, if we'll actually draw after, go after him and draw away with him, what he's going to do, he's going to convince you of his goodness. And not just... Not just that whole churchy thing we do. God's good all the time, all the time. God's good, God's good all the time, all the time. God's good. Like we we've been taught that stuff, but like it starts to migrate from here to rote repetition to like it's an eternal truth that's in my heart. Like he is, he drew me away with him. He spoke kindly to me, and you can't talk me out of it now. He, you're not going to change my mind about his character and his nature, and like I don't even know the half of it. I just know it's far better than I've ever asked, thought, or imagined, right? He's far more good than I could ever describe. He's far more faithful than I could ever articulate. Like, do you think about this past year, and I'm just looking around the room and I see faces? I know the junk the Lord has brought you through, and He showed Himself faithful. And in this time of seeking after Him, He'll prove it again and again and again and again. So that when all hell breaks loose. You won't be talked out of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible, right? And like what, what, what's been fascinating is that this year we've seen God move and, and for the most part, like we, we talk about this, for the most part, church in the United States is down almost 35, 40% everywhere. Here that's not been the case. Why? I think it's because we're getting convinced that He actually does care about us. And then, and, but what I believe is the Lord wants to convince us even more so. Because this thing, this thing, and it's not going to get easier. When, When the kingdom comes, it's going to get harder, but it's going to get better at the exact same time. And I don't know how to explain that, but we've got to be fully convinced of his goodness. All right. Now, when he speaks, he speaks kindly. He, he, he speaks, it means he asserts, he brags, he boasts. I think that's a prophetic picture of what Jesus, when Jesus was in the wilderness in Matthew 4, when he quoted the Old Testament, and he says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. What, what, what if and word is rhema, it's living, it's an active, it's a dynamic word. What, what the Lord speaks to you when you're just with, when it's just you and Him, it has the ability to get inside of you and change your life forever. And so many of us, so many of us, or so many Christians, we, we get tired we get angry, we get frustrated, we get wore out. And, and I, I can just about tell you 99.9% of the time, the reason that happens is because we haven't got alone with Him and allowed Him to speak kindly to us. And the Lord desires to speak a rhema kind word in our hearts and in our lives to where we become so convinced of His goodness and His kindness in our life that we never waver. Yeah. Amen. It's a place where He takes us. He takes us, or we can say, I'm going into where He proclaims His jealous love over us. 
And his love is jealous. He is a jealous lover. He is a jealous God. He does not desire to share you with anyone or anything. He wants you and all of you. He wants you and all of you. And he, he, he doesn't, he's not interested in playing second fiddle. He's not interested in playing second banana. He wants to be the whole shebang. And, and he wants to be everything to each and every one of us. And I'm just telling you that this is where he is leading his people. I believe it with all of my, all of my heart. And just a word of caution. This jealous love of God, it is a perfecting love. It's not a pacifying love or a placating love. Meaning, meaning that as we decide to seek after him, he's probably going to step on our toes just a hair. Right. Trust me, I love the goosebumps and the hot tears. I love those moments. When, but, 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 and I don't, let me say it like this. I'm learning to love the moments when he says that right there needs to be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord doesn't nurture dysfunction. That's right. He doesn't nurture dysfunction. That's something that we've like had to learn in ministry over the last 13 years is not to nurture dysfunction. That's the hardest thing to do, by the way. Some of us like to live in cycles of dysfunction. We're not going to nurture it. We're going to share the truth and love and believe that the word of God's going to set you free, right? But we believe, we believe he's going to come. But, but so many of us, we, we get in these cycles and these, these things. And I'm telling you, when you get along with the Lord, he's, not, he's just going to be like, I don't know, let me phrase it like this. On day three of seeking the Lord, he may say, I want you to do this. And by day 10, if you're like, Lord, I'd like you to do something in my life, he's going to keep pointing you back to what he spoke in day three until you allow him to conquer that. Yes. All right. So here's, here's, here's where we start to get, I think, more encouraging. <laughs> It's that through this time of drawing away, he teaches us to walk with that lean. You know that Song of Songs 8.5, who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Leaning on her beloved. Leaning means to be fully supported by the weight of another object or person. So the Lord, he wants us to, to lean. I think Bob and I have done this illustration before, but he wants us to live leaning on him. Yeah. So, so what's fascinating, and I, I, for time's sake, I didn't really do this, but I feel like I need to say it now. Song of Songs 3, the bridegroom king comes up out of the wilderness and says, come away with me. He takes her into the wilderness, and then you get to chapter 8, and it says, who is this coming out of the wilderness now, leaning on her beloved? So it was a season. Yeah. It was a seasoning of her being, and you read that, we, we, I mean, we went through that for like 13 straight weeks. You read that and it's this letter and it's this it's this from courtship to full on mature love and marriage between a man and a wife. And it's a picture of what the Lord desires to take his people through. And and so we, we get to this point where when she finally comes out of the season, she's fully dependent on God. What would it look like for his church to be fully dependent upon him? Yes. Let me tell you, like what I want to happen in this space, I like, and I don't say this out of air. I don't say this out of arrogance. I don't say this. I just say it because this is the truth. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I know what we could do if we just rolled up our sleeves and worked really hard. I know what we could accomplish on our own strength. But who wants that? Come on. We'll try. The Kiwanis Club does that, man. <laughs> yeah. 
I want those words that we sang about. I want those supernatural signs and wonders. I want the people to come into the kingdom of God. I want people to get saved, healed, delivered, sanctified, and set free. And it come, I think those things come by way of a company of people saying, I'm going to learn to walk by leaning on my beloved. If he moves, I move. Because when you lean, when you lean, you can be a jerk and be like, and make him fall, right? The Lord's not that way. <laughs> I think he has a sense of humor, but I don't think he does that. But when you're leaning on someone, every step they take, you've got to take that exact same step. Yeah. And not, not a few minutes later or ahead. You've got to do it in unison. That's John 14, 15, 16, 17. That's abiding in him. Yeah. Yes. And so, so it's, we're coming up out of this season learning to lean on him. And then we start to see the Lord move powerfully. In our day-to-day lives, we see our kids get saved. We see our families get on fire for Jesus. I've been I've been praying, praying a lot even for my own family, my own Perkins party at four. And I, I, I transitioning back and forth from praying for the church and to my family. And I'm like, Lord, we want to see a city one. And I just heard the Lord whisper, let's see your kids get set on fire first, Michael. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And I want the city set on fire. I want to win the city. But I think it comes by way of me going after my family. Yeah. So you come up out of the wilderness. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm like nowhere near what I thought I was going to be sharing. That's what else is new. <laughs> and so... Okay. Thank you, Lord. So she comes up out of this wilderness leaning. She leaned because she trusted. She leaned because she was dependent. This word lean, it also means ever renewed with every step, which is a fascinating way to look at things, which means that the more I lean into him, the more he's going to renew me day by day by day, moment by moment by moment. Yes. It won't be me running myself ragged, trying to earn his That's approval. Right. It's me learning to live with him and breathe with him. And as I walk, he renews me. And as I walk with him, he renews me. Rather than me running frantic and coming back and be like, let me get a drink again. And then I get refreshed and then I go again. It, what if we can live our life like this? see, I'll read this quote from Martin Luther. Luther says, wherever you hang your, wherever you hang your heart at, that's your God. What if me learning to lean on him is hanging my heart on him? Yeah. Uh, Last point. Leaning is what will launch us into this next year. Amen. 
<laughs> like that seems so that seems so counterintuitive. Like if I think launch, I'm like, like I'm gonna launch, right? But what if it's actually a posture of being weak? What if it's a posture of I can't do this unless you help? Yeah. Yeah. Like like what what if, what if it's a posture of I am fully dependent on you and if you don't show up I'm toast, right? I what if it's I really need you not just when I'm in front of people but I need you moment by moment by moment by moment. I need you when I'm in my car, I need you when I'm at work, right? Some days I really need you when I'm at work. Right? So like seriously, I need you in the conversations. I need you in my family. I'm going to learn to walk with this lean. What if that, what if that is the launching pad for us to see the Lord move mightily in this upcoming year? See, that's that's what I believe he's trying to do with us saying, let's use these three weeks and just draw away with God. Let's just use these three weeks and go away with him. And when we come out of this thing, we come out of this thing better than we went into this thing. We come out of this thing more dependent, more humble, more weak than we've ever, ever been. See, this is what happened in Jesus. I referenced it a few minutes ago. But in Matthew 4, I'll probably teach these the next few weeks, each one of these. But Matthew 4, let's backtrack. Matthew chapter 3, Jesus, it says all the people were baptized. Jesus was baptized in the Spirit came and landed upon him as a dove and remained. So Jesus baptized the Holy Spirit, right? And you think, all right, he's ready. He's going to go launch out to his ministry. And in chapter 4, it says immediately he was taken out to the wilderness to be and led by the Spirit, but taken out to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then he gets tempted three times by the enemy. First time he gets tempted and Jesus quotes, the devil says, you know, turn these rocks into bread. And Jesus says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And then the next thing that the devil says is, well, why don't you you throw yourself off here and command the angels to basically save you? Like it's like a a holy angel safety net. I don't know. And, and And Jesus is like, you do not put the Lord your God to test. And the last one, the devil takes him to the top of the temple and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give these to you. And Jesus says, worship the Lord your God alone. Now, what's fascinating is all these things happened in his life. All these things happened in this season. You come on in here, sweetheart. But he, 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 all, these, all these things happen. And as, as these things happen, he's re, rebuking the enemy with the word which the word was rebuking with the word, which is a whole other thing, but, but he's rebuking the enemy with the word. And then as he, as, as he does this, he, he gets through the season, gets through the wilderness time, 40 days. And then once he gets through that time, what happens? The next part of chapter four, it's, it's really fascinating. Next part of chapter four, Jesus goes and he picks his disciples. He says, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So you receive calling. And then the very next thing after that is it says that as he went all throughout Galilee preaching, he, he, he healed all that were sick. I don't think he does that unless he goes through that season alone with the Lord. So here's Jesus, the Son of God, goes into the wilderness, launched into his ministry. say all that I'm all over today don't care I actually I actually heard someone say this that they didn't feel like they were a preacher anymore they felt like they were just an oracle sharing what the Lord's doing in their heart I think that's really what it is 
And so, 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 so Jesus, he gets launched out to his ministry. What if this time of drawing away with the Lord, and it's not about being launched into something. I want you to hear my heart. But what if this drawing after the Lord in the wilderness? Because after, I'm sorry, after he was tempted, it says the angels ministered to him. Then he was sent out. But what if this time of drawing away with God? What if this is what actually prepares us for what the Lord wants to do over the next 12 months? What if drawing away with him in this time at the beginning of 21 prepares us for what God wants to do over the next 12 years? This isn't just something, listen, this is not, this is not me just trying to think we need to do, like, I hope you know, like, I don't, I don't want to do anything because someone else is doing it. I only want to do what I believe the Lord's leading us to do. But I believe that if you'll go over the next few weeks and say, you know what, I'm going to seek the Lord like I haven't ever before. I believe He's going to do a great big deep work in your heart that's going to prepare you for whatever may come. Some of us, we've, we've been doing this gradually over the last few years. Some of us, even the last year, we said, you know what, I've, I've drawn, away, drawn away with Him and He's done this and it prepared me for this. Great. But he wants to take us deeper. He wants to grow us closer to him than we've ever, ever been. See, when you draw away, like I, I and it's not a vacation, but, but I think of the vacations we've had and we've taken. We've left the phone in the hotel room and we went and enjoyed each other's company. We didn't check the emails. We didn't go through all those distractions. Drawing away is getting rid of distraction. And distraction, I could probably go around the room and say, what's your biggest distraction? I guarantee, however many people's here today, probably get that many different answers. Right? I just would. But lay those distractions aside and begin to go after Him. It's like, well, what if I, what, what if I go after him and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for 20 minutes today. I'm gonna pray on my ride to work, and like you, you, you think about it and you muster yourself up, right? And you pray your best King James prayer for three minutes. I'm like, what am I gonna do for the next 17 minutes? I don't know. <laughs> no, what you do is you may just actually have to be quiet for a little bit. And just listen. So I promise he's going to speak. Now he may not speak in that, again, that Morgan Freeman type voice. He may whisper. It may come as a thought. It may come as an impression. But I know the Lord's going to speak. And you're going to be surprised and amazed what he's going to ask you to do. You're going to be surprised or amazed what He wants to do in your heart. You're going to be surprised and amazed what He wants you to give up. But as a corporate body, I'm asking us to give ourselves to this. And I'm not trying to lay it alone and say this, and I'm just going to pray. 
I'm not trying to lay it on heavy handed thinking that I'm going to like make anyone feel guilty for into doing something. That's not my heart. I just believe in this so much that you're actually going to hear from God. That's why I keep saying it over and over and over. Because I think it has the power to be transformative. It's just drawn away with Him. When you come out walking like this. I actually probably think you come out walking like this, that you're you're leaning, that you're looking at Him with eyes that have just been enraptured in His beauty. So Lord, I would pray this morning. I don't have to end it or land the plane, Lord, so I'm just going to pray. I pray this morning, God, that we use this season to draw away with you. What's a distraction for me may not be a distraction for someone else, but I know that you want to quiet the noise around us so we can begin to hear your voice. We know that we don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of your mouth. We know we don't live by bread alone, but you take us out to the wilderness to speak kindly to us, to convince us of your goodness, to convince us of your kindness, to convince us that we can trust you, to convince us of your faithfulness. I think the only reason why, or the only way we get convinced is if we get quiet enough to hear you talking about what you've done. I think the only way we become convinced is if we can quiet our hearts enough to read what you actually wrote in your word (laughs) to demonstrate what you've already done. Pray about those that are afraid to maybe fast something. Pray just remove the, the fears and the apprehensions. It's not so much about giving something up as it is consecrating a time to go after Him. I would pray, Lord, that you use this time to stir up hunger in the body. A hunger like never before. pray, Lord, that it's the hunger that begins to launch us into this next season. Hunger to see you move. Hunger to see you. Hunger to see you transform. Just hunger for you, Jesus. I pray for those that as they go about this season that will start next Sunday. I pray, Lord, that if they fall off the wagon or if they miss a day or miss some time, that I pray you just help them make up for lost time, Jesus. No guilt, no shame, no condemnation, and no quit. You're not waiting not standing there wagging a finger, you're standing there with open arms.
I would pray, Lord, as they draw away with you, I, I pray, Lord, that you would show them the unfathomable riches that are found in Christ. I pray, Lord, that they would have encounters that they've never had before. I pray for Bible-sized encounters, Jesus. Things that we've only read about, Lord. I would pray, Lord, that you give clarity to situations, Lord, over the upcoming season. I would pray, God, that you bring a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you among this company of people, Lord. I, I would pray, Lord, for those that need healing in relationships. You would bring healing to relationships during this season, God. I would pray, Lord, that for those that need you to open up work or whatever, I just pray you would move mightily, God. Not because we earned your approval, but because we realize just how much you already approve. I would pray, Lord, I would pray, Lord, for, for those in the room that during this season, may this be a season of answered prayers. May this be a season of prayers that we prayed 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, or even when we were small children and, and when we before we knew any better, we asked you for all kinds of outlandish and crazy things and for you to do stuff, but somehow religion uh, uh, took that out of us. I would pray, Lord, that this is the season that you answered prayers or answered prayers that we've forgotten that we have prayed about, Lord. I pray that this is a season of increased hope within this company of people, Jesus. I, pr I pray, Lord, no spirit of heaviness rests on anyone anymore, but this become the season that, that we say, you know what? He's good. He's kind and He's faithful and I put my faith and hope and my trust in Him. We can pray prayers that, that Job, even though he didn't fully understand, he said, though you slay me, I will still praise you. May we be a people that no matter what happens, that this season changes our hearts to such a degree huh, that it never changes our opinion about you, Lord. I would pray for those in this company of people. May this be a season that when we open our Bibles that we begin to understand things we never understood before. May it be a season for those that struggle reading, that it be a season that they begin to read and not only read, they begin to read well, God. May it be a season for those that when they begin to pray, they don't get bored praying. And it's not boring praying. You are talking to the creator of the universe. You're talking to the one that said, let there be, and it was so, and it was good. That's who we're talking to. I pray, Lord, that we don't get bored praying. I actually pray that we, we, we get enlivened this time when we begin to pray. We get excited that we're talking to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, but also the one that stoops down and serves with an apron around his waist. So Jesus, I love you. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're going to do, God. <laughs> we bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. May this, May 21, may, may this be a year of encounter and devotion, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Thank you for listening to the River City Hope Church podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on social media. For ways to give and more information, go to hope4rivercity.com. Hope4rivercity.com.